So glad you're here uh, with us tonight. My name is uh, Jake. I'm the pastor of the young adult and college age group here at Res Life called Access. We meet on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. I see some familiar faces here. We've got Alex in the crowd. We got Deontay here. What's up, buddy? We got Kev Dog in the back. What's up, guys? Um, well, before we get started tonight, um, I just want to say a word of prayer and just really just uh, follow the, uh, the leading that the worship team um, set the stage for. So, God, I thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you for, God, just your word. We thank you for your, for your, for your presence, God, that's with us wherever we're at. No matter where we are, God, you're right there. You're only a thought away. You're only just a word away, God. You're so near to us that sometimes we can't even see you, that we don't even recognize you. That's how close you are. So God, help us to to, to get into the perspective that you're always near. You're always speaking truth. You're always speaking life into our situations, God. Tune our ears into your voice, into your word, and into your truth. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you teach us tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask that you make yourself known more than we've ever experienced before, God. And it's, oh, it's only because of Jesus, it's only because of our Savior, our model, our friend. It's his name we pray, amen. Amen. To start off, I want to, did Amy leave? Well, she's not here, I can still brag on her. So Amy, Amy was the gal who was leading worship in the center here, and it was just so cool so Amy's a, a few years older than me, and um, so I grew up going to Res Life all the way from when I was born. I've, I've grown up here at Res Life, so I went through the Res Kids, I went through the junior high, I went through the high school, and since I can remember, literally probably when I was in fourth or fifth grade, Amy has always um, led worship, and I just wanted to really just honor her and say it's so amazing, it's so it's such a great model to see someone who's persistent and who perseveres in a calling that God has in their lives. So I just want to honor her and say she's amazing. And I also want to say, listen, we cannot take for granted the talent and the skill that we get to enjoy during worship. We have one of the greatest worship teams, I would say, in, in the world or in the country. Um, don't take that for granted. Don't take for granted uh, someone like Amy. We have so many of them. Someone like Amy who, who just has a heart to worship God and who loves to model what it looks like to really worship God with song. So, Amy, if you're listening, thank you. If you're not listening, well, too bad. Um, <laughs> well, I want to get started um, tonight. Tonight we're going to be um, going into a, a message that I titled Hidden Treasure. In the essence, the, the quick summary, we'll go into detail, is there's stuff inside of each one of us, and more important, not more importantly, but just as important, there is stuff inside of every single person within your family and within your spheres of influence that is of great importance and of great value. There are elements, there are qualities, there are God-given abilities that are inside of people that are often hidden. They're hidden by a few different things. This is just a, a, a quick, brief explanation of what it might be hidden by. Rejection, pain, self-doubt, poor self-worth, lack of confidence, 
And the list could go on. But there are so many things that hide the treasure that is inside each one of us. So what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about how we, as followers of Christ, <laughs> sometimes I think it's funny, we, we call ourselves Christians. Do, you, do we know what Christians mean? It means that we look, we're little Christ-like ones. That in order to be called a Christian, you have to look like Christ. Not on our own strength, but it's called grace that he empowers us. And when we become in relationship with Christ, we actually are empowered and we have a desire to live just like him. Not out of striving, but out of relationship with him. And if you look at Jesus' life, he was constantly and consistently pulling the treasure, or I'll say pulling the gold, out of people's lives. And we'll go through that tonight. But before we get started, I want to talk about a couple things. First thing, I have like a, a red Sharpie, a red, it signifies like a red pen. Um, did you guys, I, I, I heard something or read something recently. I went to school to be an elementary school teacher, so we go through these like psychology trainings and stuff. And, and part of my training as I went to be an elementary school teacher was they say, don't use red pen. It's like, don't use red pen. I grew up with red pen. Whenever you get a question wrong, it's like X, cross out, frowny face, um, you know, all that good stuff. Because this is what they've told us. They've told us that because when children see the color red, they associate it with a negativity. And we are, we're noticing that this red pen is causing anxiety within children within schools. So don't use red pen. Instead, Use purple. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense because sooner or later, then purple's going to cause anxiety. We can't just keep going down this cycle of, of just changing colors because then next thing you know, we're, everyone's going to be hoping they're colorblind. Um, and I think it's funny that when we go through, like a, when you go to school and you're taking a test and, and you're, you're, you're going through your test, you notice the red. Like when I'm going through, when I took a test in college, oh, Trenton's here. What's up, dude? Another guy from Access. Good to see you, buddy. Um, when I notice you go through a test, you don't really realize the questions you get right. You immediately go to the questions that you get wrong. Anyone, can you agree with that? I've also noticed that when... I'm listening to a communicator, maybe a pastor, speaker, and they say something goofy or silly or they say something incorrect. I often will remember the thing that they got incorrect as opposed to the things that were correct. I'll often remember the mistakes or the inconsistencies that I found as opposed to the truth or the positive message that was being communicated. There was a study that was done, um, actually it was just a, a story that I've heard, it was at a, a college in California, a professor, a psychology professor, he walked up to a whiteboard and he started writing, writing some simple math problems down. So he did one plus one equals two, he did one plus two equals three, he did one plus three equals four, he did one plus four equals five, he did one plus five equals six, he did one plus six equals seven, he did one plus seven equals nine, one plus eight equals nine, one plus nine equals ten. And he turned around and the whole class started laughing. 
So he plays through the whole class, he teaches, he doesn't ask, he teaches the whole class, and the whole class, the whole session was about how as humans we are conditioned to always find the problem. That even though he got nine out of 10 elementary math problems correct, the whole class took one thing away, which is that he didn't know how to add one plus seven. And I think it has to do with the fall that we're conditioned to find the negative in almost any situation that we're around. And what I believe is that Jesus set a very different model than the one that we're born into. So I'm going to be reading out of uh, Luke 6, then we're going to move along in some different passages. Luke 6, 41 through 42. <laughs> I love this passage. This is Jesus talking. Why do you look at the speck that is in your own that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is so true of the human condition. And here's something that I've also noticed, that the speck and the log are often made of the same stuff. The speck and the log are often made of the same material, or maybe are cut from the same tree. And this is what I mean by that. A problem that I have with myself I will always be searching for who has the same problem and who maybe even has it worse. So I look and I look and I see someone who has my problem, but they're a little bit worse. So I point out their problem so I can elevate my own self. And I think Jesus is saying something here. Progress with your personal life always starts with yourself. It's never about your neighbor. It's never about your brother. It's never about what all the other person is doing to you. It's about how we respond and what we're doing with the speck or the log in our own eye. Who are we to point out other people's flaws when we have our, the flaws of our own? Who are we to point out when people are wrong, people are stupid, people are dumb, people are inconsiderate, when we're dumb, stupid, and inconsiderate ourselves? And I think, and I, I know I'm, I'm really hitting this right now, and I, it's pretty quiet in here, but it's okay. I'm, gonna, I'm not getting off this one. <laughs> I'm not mad at anyone, I'm just mad at the, the, the way that we've been taught by the world, the way we've been brought up. And the reason why we do it is because we're so hurting on the inside, so we find faults in other people to make ourselves feel better so that we can promote and gloat our own well-being and our own junk. Hide our junk so, so we can focus on other people's junk. All the while, we have our own logs in our own eyes. 
And here's the thing about Christians, man. Here's the thing about us Christians. I'm not mad at us Christians, but sometimes I think we're a little. Oftentimes we hide the criticisms and we hide the judgments that we have against our brothers in spiritual lingo. Sometimes I think we say, well, you know, you know, I just, in my, in my spirit, I just don't know if I agree with what that person's doing because, yeah, I just, I didn't have peace about it. I we'll read some passages that are going to deal with that because I, I believe this is something that's so hurting the body of Christ. It's so hurting the body of Christ that we only find fault. It's so hurting the body of Christ that we only criticize, that we never promote, that we never encourage. And that's why people aren't busting through the doors to get in here. Because I promised if we were people who would find the gold in everyone around us, this place would be filled because people are waiting to encounter someone who will find the best in them. And who won't just look at the surface level, but they'll dig for the gold that's inside of someone. But we don't want to dig. We want to find faults. People are looking for a place to belong before they're looking for something to believe in. People are looking to encounter and meet someone who believes in them even though they might not believe in God. But we're too busy finding faults, criticizing their life and saying, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. All the while they're saying they hate me and we're, saying, we're calling that love. And what I'm not saying is saying what other people are doing is okay and that people can continue in sin and that's all right. That's not what I'm saying. But we need to look past the sin they're committing and into the person they were called to be and start talking to that person and not talking to their sin. And I promise, I promise if we start doing this, if you yourself, and I'm not talking about your husband, and I ain't talking about your wife, I ain't talking about your brother. I'm talking about you and me. If you will do this, I promise you, you will see fruit. Funny thing about fruit is, though, it doesn't grow overnight. Funny thing about fruit is it usually takes a season to grow. But when it starts growing, guess what? It grows. <sighs> so passionate about this. Galatians 6, 1 through 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. <laughs> Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So if you have a brother or sister who's caught in sin, we should restore him or her with gentleness. So often, the restoring that we've done has come out of a place of judgment, out of a place of negativity, 
out of a place of hurt, out of a place of seeing fault. And, I, and this, is, this, this passage is clearly saying that if somebody is in fault, we should restore them, but with gentleness. What that looks like is this. Listen, brothers, this is not who you are called to be. You are made for so much more than this. You were made for so much more than this. This is not who you are. I know you. I know what's inside of you. I know the gold that's inside of you. I know the treasure that God's placed inside of you. And this is not who you are. This is not who you are. And when they go back into that same lifestyle, guess what we do? We come back and say, this is not who you are. This is not who you are. This is not who you are. And when they still go back into that lifestyle, Again, we come up to him again and we say, this is not who you are. This is not who you are. This is just an example. This is gentleness. I'll I'll give an example of what gentleness does not look like. If you continue in that way, if you turn your back on God, God will turn your back on you. You, Listen, if you continue in that way, you're going to be... You might go to hell. You better not go down that road. And I'm not saying that we should never speak the truth. We have to speak the truth. Truth and love are are married. They're a union. But I think oftentimes our correction of people is often missing or we're not taking into consideration the gold that's inside of that person still, even though their life is not displaying it. And that's the whole point, that even when people are in sin, even when people are wayward, even when people do not believe in themselves, God still believes in them. God still sees who they were created to be. God still sees their future if they're in Christ and they know who they are. And God is welcoming us as believers to look and see God's thoughts, to see the unseen and to partner and to team up with that and saying, listen, God, show me what it is about this person. I want to team up with what you have to think, not what their life is showing. There's something that we learned in elementary school, when I, learned, when I was teaching elementary school. Someone, a student, will only meet the bar of expectation that you've set. If your expectations for your class and your students, if the expectation is low, they will only ever meet that expectation. If you treat your students, your fourth graders, as kids, they will act as kids. If you treat them as third graders, they will act as third graders. But if you treat fourth graders as though they're high schoolers, they often will meet the expectation that you set and that as you treat them as. It's a funny thing. And I really believe that if we would treat people not as what they're doing, but how God sees them and how God calls them, if we start to treat them that way, something might actually start to change. I understand this is difficult. I understand that there are situations, I understand that there are family members who are wayward, who are lost, who are confused, who are in sin, who are worried about, I understand that we're worried sick about some people in our lives. I understand that. But God hasn't lost hope for them. 
God hasn't changed his mind about them. Redemption is a real thing. God can bring anyone back. And we can never lose hope. And one way that we do that is getting in tune with what God's thoughts are for someone in our life. And not letting go of those. We can't let go. We need to continue to treat them (laughs) in a way that meets the value that God sees them in. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Romans 15, 5. Just sharing some verses about encouragement and building each other up. Finding the gold in each other. Excuse me. Romans 15.5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. Who gives encouragement? God. He gives endurance and encouragement. Give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So this, I think one of the reasons why that I'm so passionate about this is because it's a, it's, it's, it's a significant part of my life. When I was, when I was in high school, I, and not even just in high school, but just throughout my life, I have a very, I, I had a tendency towards in comparing myself to other people. Comparing, 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 hoping that other people would lose, hoping that other people would fail so that I myself could be promoted. It's still a tendency that I can't have, but I believe that that that, that Holy Spirit is really helping me to overcome this. Um, so this is a condition or a tendency that I've had throughout my whole life, even through high school. And I had a youth pastor; his name was Mike. And I was sitting with him, and I was just being honest. I, I hated that about myself. I, I hated being so cynical and being so negative towards other people, and always hoping other people to fail, hoping other people would not succeed. And 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 I was really just upset at myself because of this. And, and this is what my, my youth pastor said. So he's hearing my, my tendencies towards hoping other people are fail, and he goes, Jake, you know why you're feeling that way? I said, no. He said, because you're an encourager. I said, were you listening to anything I just said? I hope, I want everyone to lose, especially my brother Joey, who's right there. <laughs> I want everyone to lose. And I want, I want to win. And he said, Jake, the reason why you feel that is because you're an encourager. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is what he said. Jake, the areas that you struggle most in, underneath, most often are the areas of your treasure. areas that you struggle with most are often the areas that God has gifted you to shine brighter than anyone else. 
See, the devil, know, the devil he, knows, he knows the gifts and abilities that we've had because we, we have them as kids. And so he does whatever he can to bury the gold. Often he buries them with the opposite treasure, with the opposite of the treasure that's underneath. For me, it was being, comparing myself, being negative, and hoping other people would fail. But underneath that was this treasure of encouragement that God destined me to operate in. And I'm asking the same question to you. What areas of weakness that you have, what area of struggle do you have that you just can't seem to get over and that you wish you weren't that way? And I want, I want us to examine what the opposite characteristic of that is. Because what I believe is that when we start to think about the opposite of that negative area of our life, we'll start to find out what we are made for. Because there's this beautiful verse in the Bible that says, when we are weak, he is strong. It's a beautiful thing when we, <laughs> when we really get born again. Like when it's not just like this theological term that we, that we use in the church that says like, yeah, we're born again. But when in the reality sets in that God actually wants to make us brand stinking new. So that when we are negative one week, we understand that we were not supposed to be negative. We start operating in a different light. The whole world sees and says, what's wrong with you, man? And you say, Jesus and here's the beautiful thing. There's gold inside each one of you, inside of me, that hasn't been tapped into yet. And you're not going to shine and you're not going to live to your potential until you recognize the gold that's inside of you. That God sees inside of you. So once we see the gold inside of ourselves, then it's our privilege to go and pull the gold out of other people not based on their actions, but based on the fact that they're a son or a daughter of God that Jesus paid a high price for. <sighs> I gotta tell one more story. So this is just, oh. So when I was, I had a girl in my class her name was Kanaya. She was the meanest girl you ever met in your life. Oh my gosh. But right away, the first day of class, God spoke to me and, and said, you're going after her. Like, you're going after her. Like, in, in a way of, you need to believe in her. Find the gold in her because no one else is seeing it. The teachers before her warned me, warned me, warned me. Watch out for her. You know, all this negativity is just piled on her, piled on her, piled on her, piled on her from first grade to second grade to third grade. And it sucks because I went to one of her basketball games and I saw the way her mom treated her. <sighs> it's not her fault. But as teachers, man, we see the way she goes in class, so we say, she's a bad kid, she's a bad kid, she's a bad kid. 
It's not even her fault. If you just saw the way her mom treated her, it's not, not abusive physically, but just, just verbally just attacking her. God told me, you've got to find the gold in her. So every day, hey, Kaniah, you're a leader. You're awesome. You're nice. You're awesome. She never heard that in her whole life. You say it to her, Kaniah, you're awesome. She's just like, yeah, whatever. And then when she punches a girl on the playground, come here, babe. come here, girl. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Yes, it is, Mr. B. Yes, it is. I say, no, it's not. She beats up kids in the class. It's not who you are. When she's mocking other people, Kanai, you're better than that. You're better than that. I see her. I, I sit down with her. Kanai, you're a leader. People will follow you. You have to use it for good. People will follow you. Parents, stop treating. I'm not going to be attacking. <laughs> That'll go against my message. <laughs> we have to stop treating our kids by the way they're behaving. We have to treat them for how God sees them and the destiny that's on their lives. And I understand that kids can be difficult, but we can, cannot continue in the cycle of treating people the way that they are behaving. Because if God treated us the way that we've behaved, we were done a long time ago. So Kaniah, one day, it was my last day. It was, it was the week before school was done. She comes to me, and I'm going to try not to cry. She goes, Mr. B, I don't want to be mean anymore. She goes, I don't want to be mean. I'm like trying to hold it together in the class. I'm like, yeah, Kaniah, yeah, that's awesome. After a whole, I was there for one semester, whole semester, she was in my class. She comes to me and says, I don't want to be mean anymore. I'm like, yes, yes. And then guess what she does? She goes to the playground and punches someone. And I go, Kaniah, that's not who you are. And she says, yes, it is. And I'm like, but it's not. And she believed me. She started to believe the words that I spoke about her. And that even when her actions were contrary, she would look into my eyes and she believed the words that I said about her. And as I was thinking, I, uh, and as I was praying for her one night, this is why I just love God and just the Holy Spirit. I was praying for her one night and this thing came over me. It was just like the Holy Spirit was just really just encouraging me and, and encouraging her. He says, he said, Jake, I can't say this is like going to happen, but I'm just telling you what I felt. He said, Jake, Kanai is going to be a pastor's wife someday. And the seeds that you're sowing are working. I just started crying. I was like, oh my gosh, God, like, that's like too much to handle. So I just started praying that over her. Just, God, I thank you for the destiny that you have in her life. That's not based on her actions when she's in fourth grade, but God, but it's the, it's the destiny and the call and the gold that you have in her life from the foundations of the earth. God, that I choose to partner with you. Was it tough? Yeah, it's tough when you got a fourth grade girl who cusses you out. It's tough. It's like, whoa, where does that come from? But I never let it, I never let it change the way that I saw her. It might have been difficult in the moment, but it can't change the way that I see someone. 
because she's more than a fourth grade girl who's hurting. She's more than that. She's God's daughter who wants desperately to have her back. What she doesn't need is another teacher who's going to say she's a bad kid going gossip about her to the principal and the next teacher. Yeah, you better watch out for this girl. She's going to be real trouble in your club. Come on. Finding the golden people is one of the greatest privileges we have as followers of Christ. And Jesus is our perfect model. He went to, he, Jesus went to a fisherman. He went to fishermen, a tax collector, who in that day was the scum of the earth. He went to these guys who were nobodies and said, I'm going to change the world with you. And they're like, okay, okay. Um, I don't really believe that, but this dude's like raising people from the dead, so I guess I'll follow you. You're, letting my, you're having um, blind people see, people who can't walk, walk. Um, even though I don't believe it, I'm still going to follow you. But then guess what? One day, the disciples actually started to believe what Jesus was telling them. They started to believe that they were chosen that they had gold inside of them that God had there from the beginning of time. And we get to do the same. First step, find the gold that's inside of you, often hidden underneath the discouragement and the frustration that you have about yourself. Second thing, start finding the gold in other people. You'll find no greater pleasure in life, none, than finding someone who doesn't believe in themselves believing in them, and watching them start to believe in themselves. You'll find no greater pleasure, no greater privilege, because it's God's call on our lives to believe in people who do not believe in themselves. Hmm. You guys, I'm done. I probably could speak for like another hour, but we'll we'll just leave it at this. God, just thank you, God, for setting us such a great model, God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you start to show us the gold that's inside of us. God, show us the gold, the hidden treasure that's buried underneath the pain and underneath the lies. God, show us what you think about us. Show us your thoughts, your vision of our lives, God. And God, help us just to not be people who find fault. God, lead us to being people who find the best. Lead us to being people who find the gold in others, God. Lead us to being people who aren't negative, cynical, and critical, God, but we would be people who find the best, dig for the best, pursue the best, and who don't, and who don't find fault so easily, God. Jesus, because you always see the best in us, help us to see the best in others. You guys, God believes in us. He believes in us so much. His thoughts for us are, they literally outnumber the grains of sand on the earth in their all positive thoughts. 
If you're here tonight and, and you have a hard time believing this, you have a hard time believing that God has positive thoughts about you, please do not leave tonight without talking and coming up and talking to one of our prayer partners because we have a very compassionate team up here who loves God and who sees the best in people. And, they'll, and they'll, they love, they'll love to pray with you and talk with you about how we can find the gold that God sees in you. And if you're here and you say, you know what? I'm not right with God. I'm not in a position where I'd say I'm right with God. Tonight's the night for you to get on track with God. Get on track with what God has for your life. There's no better time than today. If that's you as well, come up, talk to one of these people up front. Talk to one of these people up front. They'll pray with you and they'll, make a, they'll, they'll start to build a friendship relationship with you so that you can get connected into the body, into the family here at Res Life. So God, I thank you for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, I ask that you draw people closer to you, closer to Jesus every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much.